Hey, what's going on, peoples? I know it's been a minute. You know, when 2021, I last left y'all, you know, back in March. But, you know, going to get back into it, you know. Welcome back to another episode of the Mo Love Podcast, Honest Conversations with Mo. And, you know, today what I want to, you know, really focus on, especially, you know, being surrounded by greatness. And, then you know, I'm going to bring them in a little later. But uh, what I want to touch on is, you know, finding the right people that kind of push you forward and kind of influence you in the right manner, in the right direction. Because speaking for myself, I know I'm very, very isolatory. I'm very, uh, very to myself, you know. But what I like to, you know, say is, you know, my alone, you know, isn't lonely, you know, it's holy. Uh, and just really in knowing that at the same time, knowing that I still got to, you know, challenge myself and get out there. And I think that's definitely my intention, you know, heading into 2021. You know, we got a fresh start. We got a chance to really uh, take the lessons that 2020 brought us, you know. And, yo, I know 2020 brought a lot of lessons. And we just got to continue to grow from it. So, you know, let's get into it. And I think in, you know, finding the right people to push you forward is about challenging yourself to understand, all right, where do you want to be? where do you want to go and what you want to do and and it's also it's not also just not uh placating yourself into this one bubble one box and not uh not just you know seeking out just you know people you know taking them for granted but really truly getting to know uh that individual for who they are and i think we oftentimes you know fail to realize that because we're so caught up in our own bubbles, in our own perspectives, in our own thoughts. And just, you know, want to challenge you guys out there just to, you know, keep finding the right people to push you forward because as we've seen, uh, yo, it was it was a lot of craziness. And we had, and, you know, we got, you know, our current president. And but as far as just, you know, the current president, you know, knowing his rhetoric, knowing the language he utilizes and how he invokes, uh, I mean, you gotta, we gotta give it to him. Let's be honest. You know, he's a great, he's a great marketer and how he challenges and spews hate is probably revolutionary in his own right, but it's still, you know, that wrong way of, you know, how we push people, uh, forward and that challenges you and we don't want to, continuously be a society that cultivates negativity and that you know reinforces negativity and hate so I encourage you all to find individuals in your lives and and within yourself to just get outside your comfort zone I know I'm being intentional in that uh, you know knowing that you know I have to put my mask on first and really be intentional in how I find those right people that, you know, will push me forward and will, you know, push all of us forward. And, you know, I want them to, you know, I'm going to, you know, bring them in right now. I want them to hop on in here. The Pixel Pusher Creative Group CEO and a good friend, longtime friend of mine, uh, even though, you know, we've been on and off, you know, in our friendship, uh, but still a guy that, you know, uh, 
in the foreground I'm always seeing him you know create and inspire people and I can always you know I can connect with him because I know at my core I'm a helper and I know him as well you know he's, he's a helper so you know I want to bring him into the fold my man Denzel not Washington <laughs> yes sir <laughs> Mr. Denzel Fleming y'all what's going on man everything everything <laughs> everything <laughs> everything man. man it feels good to uh to to be here and to be sharing space with you now nah, i appreciate you uh so if you guys don't know uh i did you know make it by uh, intention to you know restart up this podcast uh especially you know into 2021 but if it wouldn't have been for denzel you know challenging me and pushing me to really get outside my comfort zone and uh really uh letting me know that hey all we have is right now so you know why not do it now and that's you know that's where we are today so Denzel you know I want to ask you about as far as this whole just you know the concept obviously of you know finding that the right people that'll push you forward and kind of uh you know what are the people you know that inspire you and how do you go about, you know, finding the right people that uh, challenge you and, you know, push you within your endeavors? Because I know you're a man, you know, you're a jack of all trades, my man. So I, wanna, I want you to touch upon that. Shoot, man. Um, I'll tell you a story. All right, go ahead, man. Go ahead. I love the stories. Love the stories. How everything came to be uh, in regard to um, where I am now psychologically. So, growing up, there was my mom, there was my mom, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and my sister. My sister is six years older than, than mm-hmm. myself. So, growing up in a household with women, I'm like, all right, you know, I know how to navigate in the world as a man based off of how I need to uh, come together as a household, but as a unit of black uh as a unit of black people, especially black man and woman. And not just in regard to romantic, but like in all of the ways, you know, especially as my mom and sister invited other women into the household, I had to really step it up in regard to being uh, a gentleman, but also like being somebody that people can be comfortable around, you know what I'm saying? So with that, oh, and my mom and my sisters are, are hairdressers, or they're entrepreneurs mm-hmm. but like they were doing hair so i'm like okay cool like this is pretty all right you know this is how we're providing by being uh performing a service and helping other people look and feel good that's our specialty you know that's our tribe. i got you i got you you know so um my mom's a, she's in a barber right now but like myself I'm like man like i love to pick up some clippers but when isaiah my son when he gets some hair well, when he has more hair, yeah. he's ready for a haircut. <laughs> then, like, I, I, I'm, a, I'll be excited to, like, you know, to do that. But, um, yeah. So my mom evoking that entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurial spirit, that go getter mindset. That, um, yo, like, all you, all you really have is right now. Yeah. Like, all you have is your people too. So in the household, if my sister was out because she had to do whatever she had to do, then I got to fill in or my mom doing what she does and she's the sole provider but like say if i want something extra or i I need something extra 
opposed to me asking my mom for it and taking away from the greater household or the the greater good i'd rather go out and get it however i could so what i started doing was i started selling cookies and i'm selling these cookies to my classmates i'm bagging them up and selling them because i'm learning from the other entrepreneurs in my neighborhood how to conduct a business how to conduct <laughs> business you can take the that uh two dollar two dollar snickers bar flip it in uh for five dollars at school right because somebody gonna find somebody's gonna feel compelled enough to buy it for that so it's like all right cool so now i'm the cookie guy fast forward uh fast forward i started picking up other things to like sell like you chocolate chip cookie what nah, man. Like, uh, I'll just go to the store and get the assorted cookies. From okay, the, okay, uh, got you. From like uh, a generic dollar store. Okay. And then uh, bag them up, and I have five cookies in there for a dollar. Okay. Oh, smooth little flip. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, you know, because area, it's easy for a child to come up on a dollar. Oh, yeah, not definitely. But I realized that because some people in my neighborhood was like, look, man, it's going to be easy for you to come up on a dollar. Now, I took that all throughout my life, and I said, look, it's going to be easy to come up on a dollar. What is that dollar? Now, as I got older, I had to redefine and redefine what that dollar is because sometimes it's not just $1 bill, U.S. currency. It might be a 1,000 rupees or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, it might be... You know, as I'm clicking a pen, it might be the pen. It might be whatever it is I need, all right, it's going to be easy to come up on it. Why? Because we've come across the challenge of having to go get it. So if I had to go get a dollar, then, okay, what did I do to get that dollar? I figured out that there was a need. I, uh, I identified the need, and then I provided a solution to that problem. So fast forward. Um, you know, the people in my neighborhood that was always behind me in regard to whatever I did. I'm hopping on the computers. Um, there's the mixtape era, remember? Oh, and definitely like the People making era. Uh, blank CDs. Favorite mixtape during the mixtape era? My favorite mixtape during the mixtape era, that's a very good question. Um, I'll say the one that led to my actual, oh, man, I can't say that because then I'll be blocking so many other the, the mixtapes that led to me as me were come up, warm up. Okay. Friday Night Lights, of course. <laughs> you of course. know what I'm saying? Cold World up in here, you know, Dreamville. Right. There's also Comeback Season with uh, Drake. Um, Section 8. Right, right. Oh, man. Section yeah. 80. Oh, I said Section 8, Section 80, I meant. I know what you mean. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Section 80, man. Yeah. Like, those um, cushion orange juice. Cushion orange juice. You know, it's like once we had an MP3 player, bro. All right. First, all right. So, before the MP3 players, we had the CD players. And uh, the people in the neighborhood, they'll have like these boombox systems in their home. But they'll want like personal soundtrack, like a playlist, basically. Yeah. Now playlisting is on DSPs, you know, you know what I'm saying? But like before you had to really be a provider of this disc. So what I did was I put my favorite songs on it and sold it five dollars. Blank CDs from uh a generic dollar store. 
cost um I think it was at the time five dollars. Five dollars for a pack of twenty. Oh the blank oh. CDs, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Could, so I remember uh my sister always had the blank CDs and uh it'd either be, you know, hip hop R and B or, you know, we'd have the Somali music also on the blank CDs too and yeah. be able to burn it, you know, download it. I don't even know how where they found the music from, but I just remember because uh, I remember uh, when I was heading off to UNC Charlotte yeah. and it was like, all right, uh, you know, I wanted to, you know, get more ingrained into, you know, my culture and, you know, where I come from. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let me see if she still had these blank CDs. She did, but I never, I'm not going to lie, I never utilized it because uh, we had, you know, DSPs had become the new thing. Yeah. So that's when, you know, that's when I just, you know, YouTube it, find find whatever, you know, uh, Somali music on YouTube, or uh, that also put me into, you know, starting to go into uh, the rabbit hole of, all right, what are the, you know, the popping Somali artists too. So yeah. that just set me down that uh, spiraling rabbit hole. But to kind of touch back on uh, what you were saying as far as just that, not only just beyond just, uh, dang, I'm losing my train of thought, but uh, as far as uh, continue on, as far as just uh, kind of that blank disc in which we're touching upon. Yeah, because it's the foundation of yeah. it. You know, um, from me burning the CDs, then people be like, hey, man, how'd you do that? I was like, well, I'll just put it on my computer. I found it, and then download, I ripped it. and did it. So, like, you go with computers? I'm like, I mean, I can't get a virus off of a computer or anything like that, but, like, if you need help putting the music on, right. you, know, like, you know, like I could do that. Yeah. Or uh, I could hook up a, a sound system because my mom had a sound system. And, like I'll be hooking it up, like uh, doing the, the EQ on it and everything. Like, hmm. oh, mom, mom, this music sound kind of like, let me fix it right quick and I'll make it sound crispier. And she's like, oh, like, how'd you do that? I'm like, because this button, this button, you know, but that just came from me playing around and experimenting. And, um, when I was growing up, I used to always like take apart certain things that didn't work anymore. I'll take it apart, just like look at it, and then um, go to the library and figure out what that part is, and um, or figure out how to troubleshoot it. There were uh, people in the area who did uh, computer repair, VCR repair, stuff like that, and I'll take it to them and I'm like, I want to learn. I don't have the money to pay you. But if you could teach me how to do this, then I can help you. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, like, teach me this. I need this right now, but, like, teach me this. And when I come back, I'm going to help you basically, like, mm. work it off. So that's the foundation of, you know, being a helper in regard to, like, a, a tech and music space. Fast while also being a hustler at the same time. Then I started making music. So I mentioned uh, Cold World. Prior to that, there was Soldier Boy with going viral, the oh, first yeah. time going viral, you know. <laughs> Watch me, you. Yeah, crank that, Superman, yeah. crank that, everything after that. I'm like, okay, now I see there's a power of influence. MySpace days, I'm starting to make music in like that bubblegum-ish type, ringtone type rap. All right. Then I started writing for, I started writing two girls, but like text. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, I had like a Palm Central. You remember like the Palm Pilot, the Palm phones? See, that's where we differ because I didn't get a phone till 
because I grew up in a sheltered home, so okay. I didn't get a phone until. But I I know what you're talking about. Uh, because I remember uh, the razor. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I didn't get my phone until uh, dang, when did I get my my phone? Oh, cause nah, cause I always used uh, the uh, the uh, iPod iPod Touch. Yeah. I would always kind of use that as the phone till I actually got my phone. That was probably till. I want to say my junior, sophomore, junior year of high school. Yeah. That's when I officially got a phone. So, now nah, I definitely, but to touch back on the, uh, you said it was the Palm. Yeah, the Palm Central. Okay, like, Palm Central. How was it? How, I don't remember that one. I had to. We were, like, I was big on messaging. I've always been big on messaging and, mm-hmm. like, sending messages and, like, making sure people feel good through messages. But, like, now it's kind of, like, tiring. So, now I'd rather, like, call somebody or you know, either be on Clubhouse or I might even, in person is the best. Because then we could go anywhere and experience and like interact with the real world. And we get real world experiences together. You know, it's basically like us testing our limits in regard to our communication, you know, and especially when we're in a new setting. So being at UNC Charlotte was a completely new setting for me because my neighborhood was a black neighborhood. Well, it still is, but now it's like, you know, and even a matter of um, gentrification, it's just a matter of like, it's a military town. True. So more people are moving in, so. But yeah, man, like at UNC Charlotte, that's when I started stepping into spoken word. Prior to, I was just a rapper. Mm-hmm. I know J. Cole, I know Drake, I know Kendrick. <laughs> this is me. Yeah. Yeah. Jay-Z, Nas. <laughs> Yo, this is where I'm, this is my space, because I, when I'm writing too, it's therapeutic. A lot of times when I'm in the when I'm in the booth, I'm in the zone. Most of the time when I'm doing anything creative, I'm in the zone. So what people see is a byproduct of me being in the zone and me being an alchemist of my own mind. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and even us having this conversation now, it's it's about three thirty. We just got the ball rolling about ten minutes ago. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's about an hour of troubleshooting, but now we're able to do it because of past experiences leading. Audacity was the first program that I used to record on. It was my mom's laptop, like a like an older, like a Latitude desktop. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, it had Windows 98 on it. Put Audacity on there. That was also my first time getting Photoshop because my mom had a, she got a tattoo. And the guy gifted it to us. It was like, oh, yeah, he liked to draw. He'll really love this. Mm-hmm. Then I started getting into graphic design and, like, making my MySpace, uh, my MySpace avatars. But, like, there were album covers to me. So I started making album covers for myself. And then my, uh, my cousins and everybody else, they started seeing that I was doing the cover. So they wanted it, too, because they also made music. But they were more so in a different type of um, business. So... Their focus wasn't on that like I was. I was like drenched in like yeah. arts <laughs> entertainment and like more specifically hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Even now to this day, I still am. And it's like my motivators and the people pushing me are the people who uh, told me like, "Yo, keep going." Who who even said like, "You great?" Who even gave me the possibility of possibilities? By speaking life into me, you know what I'm saying. So, when 
life was spoken into me, that just motivated me to, to do it again. Because like, once somebody congratulate me, I feel like that's the end. You know what I'm saying? Do something else. But not necessarily like do something else in regard to going to another discipline, but more so provide again. Building upon that discipline. Yeah. Or the, the shifts of how that discipline looks. Uh, and I think about that too, because I think also, I think back to my time uh, at UNC Charlotte uh, that almost like it was kind of, because also, because like, UNC Charlotte for me, it was completely different, you know, compared to you, because I went to, you know, predominantly, you know, white schools, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, outside of probably uh, the two middle schools I went to, you know, Jackson and uh, Harrison. Outside of those two schools, you know, I went to predominantly uh, white schools. And it, but the difference was it was the first time I was actually, you know, truly out on my own. So I had to really challenge myself. And, but at the same time, I felt like even though I tried to keep this authenticity uh, in terms of uh, just, you know, being myself, yeah. I think I also put up this facade as well. And, you know, it was interesting. Like, I think about, because, uh, you know, you know the worldwide, you know, the worldwide uh, lore and the nickname uh, and things like that. So I just think about it in, in that sense of, all right, how how was I, you know, because even, even though I was that guy that was, you know, known around on campus mm-hmm. and was seen around on campus, I still felt that that loneliness. So I didn't challenge myself to really, you know, really create those relationships and those bonds that I felt like now that, you know, now we're maybe, you know, I'd probably be in a different space, but at the same time, you know, I take those learning lessons and know how to incorporate it going forward. So I definitely get, uh, in terms of what you were saying, because I also, you know, you know, I have uh, two older sisters, I have a little sister and a little brother, so I'm the middle child. and I'm also, you know, uh, a dream villain, you know, Dreamville. <laughs> so uh, yeah. just grew up on Cole and just like listening to Cole's music. So I was always in that space because uh, I think about when, what, uh, Forest Hills Drive dropped uh, oh, in 2014. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, and just listening to that around on campus and just thinking about, all right, how do I continue to, you know, remain true to myself, but not, but not lose myself at the same time. But I think at times I, I think the biggest lesson and learning lesson I've been learning now is that I probably did lose myself Mm -hmm. and that's okay too, in that I lost myself. So it's that growth mindset of uh, how do I continue to propel and push forward. And like I touched upon like, uh, you know, we've had, you know, I feel like, I don't want to say a shaky, you know, friendship, but every time we connect, it's always, you know, it's always a... Uh, Picking up. Huh? Picking up. Yeah. It's always, you know, a shining light in the sense of, like, all right, it's always good to see this person. Yeah. And I wanted it to kind of touch upon, because uh, I've seen, you know, what you've done, you know, how selfless you are in terms of the things you do uh, from your creative space. Uh, I know how you're pushing forward to... Uh, create you know more uh, uh, creative outlets for different artists and different individuals just to not only just to have a space to uh, 
showcase their passions and their talents, but yeah. also for them to be themselves. So I want you to kind of touch upon that a little bit. Yeah, man. So all like all of my life, I've been around uh, unique individuals in regard to who they are at the core. Um, and, you know, I just find, I find it to be, it's beautiful learning from like different, different people and like coming from different walks of life and just like being able to sit and observe and listen and really have them illustrate who they are through their words, you know what I'm saying? And through their emotions and through, that's why I says I love like sitting with people on like, or even if I'm out and about, I love being there because I get to see how they see, yeah. you know, and like, especially when they're talking, I'm walking with them they're like, man, you're not even saying anything. It's like, <laughs> because I'm, 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 I'm watching you, but like, I'm not necessarily looking at you, but I'm looking at how you respond to the world and how you interact with the world. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that observant mindset. Yeah, that world is is beautiful in the way that you interact with it. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's like a, it's like watching a composer uh, orchestrate their own life. And so when I see somebody orchestrate their own life like that, and when they're just different sounds and the way that they respond to things, like there might be, a, example, birds chirping and their tonality might change. And then it's like, cause they're responding and they're in sync with what's going on. So I'm like, yo, I might not be where they are right now, yeah, but they are in tune with where they are because they're now in their own mind telling me the best way that they can and illustrating that so in my mind, I can picture it with them. And I'm like, yo, this is this is this is pretty pretty dope. So uh all throughout my life, you know, from people different walks of life, you know, there's been people with um special needs, there's been people with handicaps, there's been people with uh you know, that might have uh impairments in regard to like alcoholism, um, you know, might have some they might be involved in drugs and different different walks of life. Um, one of my favorite, and I, I, don't, I don't mean to go into like a whole bunch of stories, but one of my favorite. Nah, hey, we love the stories. We love the stories, man. Is uh, there's this guy? I'm gonna call him. Uh, I'm gonna call him Harry. And Harry was an addict. But my, all right, so in the community, they call him a fiend. But, like, he won't, I didn't ever really see him use. I saw him as a person. But, like, when I when he put on music, I really saw him as a person. Mm-hmm. Because that's what makes him enjoy everything even more. It intensifies. Put on that beat, put on Go-Go, he is on it. You know what I'm saying, and that that also built like my affinity for uh, the DMV, uh, for DC specifically, um, and and go go music because like if he appreciate this, I have no choice but to appreciate it. You know what I'm saying because this is somebody who I who I am inspired by because of his uh, just 
carefree his carefreeness. I mean, granted, it might have been he might have been under the influence sometimes when I seen him, but I never saw him being a user. Mm-hmm. I saw him being somebody who's productive in their own happiness. So with those images in mind, fast forward, I have friends of different walks of life as well. Those people have something to offer, and then I see that they're questioning themselves. I'm like, who taught you to question yourself? You know what I'm saying? Like, you are on a path, but it's like, where do you want to go on this path? Like, you know you can reach that, right? You know that's tangible, right? I might not have reached certain things, but I've become a producer to be able to make it happen on my own. I'm, and this isn't to say that, like, I, I haven't had any help. But this course, is to say, like, I I learned certain tools and skills to be able to be a producer of what I want to see or what I want my life to be. It's not there 100% yet, but it will be. It will be. And because I know it will be, I like to inspire other people and like be around other people who are flirting with that idea that it will be. You know what I'm saying? Like that feels good. I'm in these live events, or I'm at these live events and I'm seeing people play their heart out, sing. I'm seeing people enjoy that. They're close to where they want to, because they're making that step to perform. And to perform, you had to practice. And to practice, you had to take the step into the gym or wherever it is your discipline is. And to take that step requires a will. And that will starts when we open our eyes and say, this is what I'm going to do today. <laughs> so, nah, yeah. Now nah, you're right. Because I feel like we oftentimes get caught up in not – we caught up in, all right, what the end goal of the journey is instead of the actual journey. Mm-hmm. And we kind of lose track and other things. I can attest to it, you know, you know, you lose focus or you lose faith within yourself in that belief, all right, and you start questioning your abilities and your capabilities. And it's just, all right, how do we as individuals kind of trust ourselves and finding that community that's willing to implore uh, in us and pour into us right. to continue to grow and continue to uh, challenge us. Right. So I think that's the biggest key, especially today. Uh, like we think about uh, what happened in Capitol Hill, you know, there's constantly, you know, people imploring, you know, hate into the environment. Right. And what needs to be, I feel like the rhetoric that needs to change and the language that needs to change uh, as far as the outlook of the world and how we move forward yeah. is all right. How do we push the language of love and push, uh, you know, unity? How do we embrace? Because uh, we think of the word inclusion, you know, that's the new big thing, yeah. especially, you know, uh, what hap- what's been happening, you know, for, for years, uh, for, honestly, for centuries, but uh, just, uh, you know, police killings of, uh, us as black people and we're just you know losing our lives so how do we cultivate and change that language but and also understanding all right what does that even look like because we we don't have we don't have that uh we don't have that blueprint 
we don't have that layout of what that looks like so we're always cultivating and creating it and shifting it constantly um, and what I think about all want to get your uh, ideas I don't know if you heard about uh, Draymond Green's uh, comments uh, let me see if I can pull up the sound of that just a little snippet okay and while we wait Mo has on a, uh, a Black Lives Matter t-shirt he's come with his hair free his skin bronze <laughs> it's lit yo and I've been thinking as far as like that you know like my hair thing like it really cause I was always you know cause culturally you know uh, as far as you know like I told you you know coming understanding that I'm not just you know at my core I'm not you know I was talking about this in therapy actually with uh with my therapist and thinking about all right I'm not just uh I'm not just a black man in America I'm really an African in America and really yeah. understanding that entity and that you know the the black culture as far as that's just something that I've just been introduced to yeah. and it's in terms of but also at the same time knowing all right how can I still be an ally and still be an advocate even though that's not at my core of you know uh, what you know is deemed to be my culture but still being yeah. an advocate and ally for the things that matter and I think I think that's important as well to just you know challenge ourselves to really be allies and I think that's the important thing in finding the right people that you know will push us forward and you know whether it's challenging us to be uh, our greatest you know reaching our greatest potentials yeah. but also uh allowing us to learn from our greatest mistakes and failures as well to be you know self-aware and uh knowledgeable about the things that are going on in the world around us because it's just constantly evolving constantly changing but hold on let me cue this up give me a second okay uh, yeah man uh what would you say uh while while you search for the uh Draymond green clip what would you say are some similarities between the Somalian culture and the black American culture? All right. Uh, well, for me, what I've noticed is, I don't know if it's just, uh, maybe it is just me, but what I've noticed is uh, a lot of people get... Uh, as far as in my culture, there's still that, you know, that division. Like me, uh, I w my family is, you know, originally from uh, Badawa, Somalia. So that's like, uh, it's in the, let me remember exactly, the north? No, 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 the south, uh, southern region of Somalia. Uh, for, compared to, you know, the capital city, you know, Mogadishu and the bigger cities, Kismayo and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and how treatment is you know different and you think about that because uh in but i will we speak you know a bantu dialect because we're uh on the border you know right next to kenya yeah. so you know that's swahili and that bantu dialect kind of bantu arabic dialect you know kind of mesh together and that's kind of what we speak of versus uh uh well for me i don't speak some like my mom does and my dad does but uh you know the native language of you know just somali and somalia so not being able to understand, being able to understand that and continue to uh, learn that and seeing the difference 
and at times feeling like an outsider within my own culture and in knowing that's you know that's just uh what uh we uh what black Americans go through as far as just being an outsider in their own country mm. and feeling all right do I feel like I really belong here you know yeah and is there is there really opportunities for me and how do I or if there's not opportunities for me how do I create those opportunities how do mm. I uh make that into a reality for the people not only for myself now but for the people you know 10 20 years from now how do I create those opportunities and uh prevent those same obstacles from uh being employed on them heck yeah man would you say that there's a class difference and even in language oh most definitely uh not only just the the class difference and the language difference but also uh in a way, uh, just from what I've gathered, uh, and it's not just uh, as far as just in Somalia, but also, you know, uh, the different, because I've been, uh, like when I went to uh, Dubai, and you know, if that's more, you know, Saudi culture, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's the, the major, you know, Middle Eastern culture, but that Definitely, I still felt like an outsider being, you know, in a city that's, you know, predominantly, you know, Muslims, but still feeling like an outsider. And it was all right, you know, I think. I think that's uh, a big, that's prevalent in, you know, a lot of different, you know, cultures. Like, uh, I think, um, dang, I'm losing my train of thought, but as far as, uh, like, uh, Dang yeah, I, I lost I lost that uh, that point I was trying to make. But to touch back on to uh, whether it's uh, just that class and that uh, that uh, language uh, barrier, the difference is just it's is there, and how it looks, mm-hmm. I can't really explain because I haven't you know been ingrained in it yeah. because I've ingrained myself so much into the black culture. In terms of you know how I I feel like you know I align more so in that regards, yeah. uh, even though I do my best to learn my culture and you know connect with those people, I've always felt like the outsider, yeah. and so I just continue to uh, grow in that manner as well, and just being aware in that regards of that not allowing it to hinder me, but allowing to all right take it as the ability to just learn and uh, uh, grow in that aspect. Hold up, hold up, I think it's queued up. Goes to show the police, there we go. police and system was built against black people, you know, black and brown people. And that's the reason those reactions are different. That's the reason someone can walk or run or bust their way through or whatever into the speaker of the house office and put their feet on the desk like they're sitting at home on their couch, storming, you know, storming into a building and, and busting out windows and carrying podiums and, and all that other stuff. That's not a protest. That's a terrorist attack. And so, uh, stop using the, the the like stop describing those people the same way you describe someone who just stand there and make a chant and say we want justice, we want peace. Stop using the same word. It's disrespectful. It's ridiculous. Um, 
And it's shameful, you know, to to keep calling them protesters. Not fucking protesters, they're fucking terrorists. All right, so that's uh, that's a little snippet of uh, what Draymond Green had to say on the Capitol Hill riots uh, slash, you know, of course, I, I believe he was right and, you know, labeling a, a terrorist attack. Uh, yeah, especially, you know, when I think about yeah, within my culture and kind of those labels um, and, you know, slurs, uh, because I don't know if you remember uh, the South Park episode, the uh, Somalian pirates, we, oh. <laughs> you remember that episode, or uh, just different things like that as far as, you know, uh, Muslims being associated with terrorist attacks uh, mm-hmm. versus now we're seeing uh, these uh, pro, uh, pro-Trump pro supporters uh, just uh, rioting and overtaking and overthrowing, you know, this, uh, the Cap- Capitol Hill. Uh, you know, federal government building. So I just wanted to get, you know, your insight and your take on, you know, your thoughts on it and your opinion on it. Because I feel like in the way the the way the landscape is shifting as far as how our world is and people really being aware of the things that are happening and the things that are truly going on. And now it's no longer like uh, being able to, you know, use the shield or use the veil to, you know, cover our eyes but now you know it's now in our face and really at the forefront so I just want to get your uh, thoughts on it yeah man um, you're going to get a, a, a different type of response from me alright so me I consider myself Pan-African mm-hmm. I love black all throughout the diaspora and also on the homeland now, I would say what they did is what, again, remember I was like, I, I love when people flirt with the idea of what they could do because they're making a step towards what they want to do, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But it's like, of course, some most times we might, I can only speak for myself as an individual and not as someone who represents Pan-Africanism or the entire black community. Of course. So on an individual level, someone someone posed a question yesterday. Someone posed a question yesterday. They were like, Would you as a black man think that you can breach those uh windows and doors and get away with it? I'm like So that was a loaded question, first of all. But second, uh, there's differences. Those people were organized, you know what I'm saying? Which is an act of terror because they because they breached and because they used force to get to where they needed to, opposed to saying, "Hey, we're going to use law or legislation." They were using force, you know what I'm saying, and demonstrating in a in a violent manner to on a public platform <laughs> on a public yeah, platform definitely on a public platform <laughs> to then possibly incite other violence other places by those who are viewing it to be inspired we all know that the media can be used 
either for good or bad. But the media is the media. The media is what it is. Of course. Right? And it's us who gives it, who give what we see meaning. You know, we see the projections and then we give the projections a name or an idea or whatever we attach to it. But like me as Denzel, I would have loved to be there and <laughs> capture that. And to see, look, y'all, <laughs> this is what happens when people reach wit's end. Yep. They might be pro-Trump, but from my lens, I'm like, this is what people do when they have access, when they have power, and when they know for a fact that nothing is going to happen. That that the reality that they won't ever suffer dire consequences or because they have that that privilege or that understanding that all right i can do this and nobody nobody's going to question it or nobody's going to see it as something negative even though it's probably the most not only is it the most the craziest thing we've probably seen in, in our lifetime in a while as far as uh right people just just a group of people being able to overtake a not only just a government building, but the manner in which uh, they were able to, you know, spew their hate or spew their rhetoric, mm-hmm. and for it to just continue and prolong because they know, all right, there's no, you know, there's no, uh, there is no consequences for me. There's nothing that they'll do to me because I do have this privilege and I do have this advantage. Right. With death, death isn't a forethought to them. Most of us online, uh, and I saw they were like, if it was black people, we already know it would have been a massacre. Oh, yeah. But like, how could we automatically assume that when we decide to step up and rise up, that death is automatic? Why don't we attach... Never mind. <laughs> no, that ahead, was about to come off crazy. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. But like, Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Why don't we attach death to the thoughts of other people in our four thoughts? Why is it, okay, a black person stood up, they about to die for this. Now, granted, there was that white woman who was shot and killed outside of there. They're like, oh, the white woman, you know, she fought for our country. Cool. But this white woman might might have also been a part of that organization. And she might have also said, you know what, I'm going to make this sacrifice. As a stand to say, look, we can, we can do this to our women. But now, from a historical context, the white woman has always been disposable in the white household with, with less of a voice. Remember women's suffrage? Oh, not definitely. That because was for white people, the white women, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that was mostly for white women because they were looking for their opportunity to really have a voice in. Yes. I think uh, something uh, that people fail to realize is as much as as much as much white women do have that privilege, they're still, like as you were saying, they're still seen as the minority yes. within their household. Yes. And especially when we got the white master looking at our people and looking at our people as 
um, sexual objects, just objects. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Objectifying our women, then looking at us as people who just well, not as people as animals providing, looking at us as livestock, but looking at our women as sexual objects. But they're still looking at us, and that attention could be going to the white woman, which then could, could possibly, and I'm not saying this is this is what happened to all white households, but at that particular time, it could lead to some feelings of jealousy. It could lead to some feelings of uh, uh, of uh, envy, and it's like you go, okay, here I am, uh, a perfectly fine white woman, and this is being married to someone. They're probably saying to themselves, why not have sex with me when, why not have sex with me? What's wrong with me? You know what I'm saying? When you got to go out here and rape and take from them and fight with them. You don't have to fight with me, but you're willing to do that and to be with me. Wow. So then what they do? Yell at people in Target. They do, and that's that. That becomes their outlet, that release right. to feel included in the movement, right. and in a way, uh, in a way, to kind of touch upon that, like that negative way we push each other right. forward because they're not being, they're not being propelled within their own ho- households or right. with own within their own, you know, industries. Um, or you know whatever they whatever profession it is you know they so choose right. so now all right how do i how do i push myself and uh push the people around me forward and that becomes through all right control whether it be through controlling all right i could i could control how how your life uh is now put in jeopardy mm-hmm. i control how you know your safety is now in question. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing, too, in understanding, all right, are we really pushing, are we really pushing something forward that's for the greater good, or are we pushing it forward that's only advantageous to us mm. and advantageous to myself mm. instead of advantageous to everybody? And I think right. to touch upon, you know, what I was uh, saying earlier, you know, we lose sight of, the core components of uh, unity and love and inclusion, but also what does that look like? Because we see so many people who are pushing forward the opposite because it's so easy to push forward the opposite yeah. because that's what gains the most attention. Yes. That, uh, that gains the most notoriety. And, yes. you know, we talk about things like uh, clickbait mm-hmm. and how simple, you know, it is to just have that random you know uh tagline or whatever topic and boom instantly that becomes the new you know trending topic becomes the new thing everybody's talking about because we just made it so simple to easily just get caught up in the wrong ideals and the wrong ideas right and even to the uh to the white women yelling at people in target comment that comes just from built up again like that just comes from emotions built up that they didn't know what to do with it at the time, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they might be mothers of children and, you know, they just reach wit's end again. Yeah. You know, but like, when I see somebody blowing up, it, uh, I'm not saying like, I laugh at people's like pain, but like, 
it then becomes interesting because I'm like, now what do we do? Now how can we help these people? They got it out. Now how can we help them? Growing up, bro, that's how I was in class. But it it was because of my internalized frustrations with the fact that I'm not being taught fast enough. Mm-hmm. I have I finished my work and now I'm talking to my friends, but I'm still getting uh, penalized for talking to my friends and distracting my friends. My friends are almost finished, but my friends, they they not getting it like that. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm sitting beside this person because one, we have to go home together. We in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. This is my friend because of proximity mostly, but like I grown to love this person because I see them every day and I see what they're willing to do. You know what I'm saying? So here I am with my friend. I got my homework. I might, you know, I might ask a question and it's not for me, but it's for my friend. You know, so like I'll ask that question because he or she might not have built up that gumption to say or ask, hey, I need help. Or, hey, can you explain this further? Because they have a stigma attached to them. Uh, this is the problem child or this is you know so like I'm frustrated at the fact that they can't get help I'm also frustrated at the fact that I'm being told to be quiet all daggone day but like I can contribute too so it's like imagine well not imagine my whole life has been standing up for people in the margins but also having my own unique identity and understanding my unique identity because I have conversations with my friends, you know, and also being in a classroom, in a metaphorical classroom, and listening to everyone spew these bias and prejudice and disdain towards one another because of the influence of a household. We're in a classroom now. The classroom is a neutral, sterile space. Well, it's supposed to be set up in that manner. It's supposed to be. Yeah. Right, it's supposed to be. But then we have people coming from home who have these other things going on with them. So it then became my duty when I started to realize that like people were acting like me. Granted, at at home, I won't really trip on that. I'm always chill. I got my video games, bro. Like I got my music. I ain't, you know, I don't want to go outside. But I go outside because I like the adventure. I like the fun. I like to climb trees, you know what I'm saying? Get on a bike, go somewhere, visit friends, go to the hard cup lady or the candy lady. I like that, you know, because outside are other people. I said, but anyway, I say all that to say this. What do we do as preventative measure to keep that white lady or anybody on a global scale from blowing up? Then, before they reach that point, how can we wrap around them? Sometimes it does require a hug. Sometimes it does require, hey, bro, I got you. Sometimes it does require, hey, come over here. Let's, let's, let's look at this right quick. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it does require redirection, you know what I'm saying? Because they might not be um, an alchemist. They might not be, they might not under, yet. They might not understand that they can transform their emotions or transmute their emotions. They don't understand that yet. And it's like we have to empower them to say, you can do it. I, I know you can do it. I watched you do it before. But, like, 
what about when they're alone? True. And I think that the thing is that uh, we get caught up in is we get caught up in trying to, in a way, find ways to power ourselves yeah. instead of empowering those who are in the margins and that are marginalized and really, you know, advocating uh, for themselves because, uh, like, being honest, you know, because Draymond Green is probably going, you know, you know, he's going to face, you know, get uh, get heat for this based on his comments or things like that. And people often say, you know, why are athletes, you know, be like, oh, I'm not watching the game anymore because blah, 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 why they, you know, talking politics now. But I think we're uh, people fail to realize the real cause isn't about just, you know, it's not just a, a political thing. It's a social cause right. and really voicing, you know, even though these are, you know, multimillionaires and right. even though they do live a lavish lifestyle, they still do uh, in some ways face, you know, the same consequences as us and, you know, face uh, the same different uh, issues, even though right. it's not at the same magnitude. So in a way, what they're just trying to do is just pr utilize their platform right now to kind of empower those who don't have voices. And I think that's the biggest thing that, in a way, technology, even though it's made us so connected but disconnected, but it has allowed us to have that platform to really empower our voices and really cultivate change in in that regard. And like you were saying, as far as, you know, that white woman who's gonna blow up because I think she, ha she was never empowered to mm -hmm. truly be herself. So mm -hmm. now she's finding ways to gain power or finding ways to truly um, harness whatever energy she's been holding back and unleash it on, you know, whoever, whoever. Uh, Enter microaggressions. Enter different policies of systemic racism. Yep. Enter, you can't get this home because your credit score is bad. Enter redlining. Enter all of these passive aggressive ways to call us uh, to call us out of our name of course of course to call us out of our name bro yeah it's crazy man yeah and it's <laughs> and it's like it's hard to really make sense of it because in a way we've been so desensitized to it and so used right. to it right. and now it's a matter of all right now that we know that this is just truly why they are the way they are, yeah. it's about, all right, now getting to the root of, all right, how do we get to the root of why maybe they hate us? Is it because they actually hate us because of the color of our skin, or do they hate us because they feel marginalized in a manner? And why do they, and why are they, you know, feeling marginalized, and how are they, you know, yeah. challenge, you know, it's just, it's just an interesting, ideal and an interesting concept because we really don't we really don't take the time to think about it because yeah. we get so caught up in our own worlds in terms of all right it's easy to just uh react and mm -hmm. easy to just you know be the person who's like all right i'm not you know going to tolerate this anymore mm -hmm. but i think it's also important to really understand all right on a human level why is this person the way they are and why is this person treating me th in this manner? Or 
why is this person only viewing me in this certain light? So I definitely get into it. But to shift gears, okay, okay. to shift gears, uh, let's go more into a positive space. And, you know, the Knicks resurgence, I don't know if you know, you know, the Knicks are right now, they're on, you know, they're winning, they're winning. And okay. it's dope to see them winning. I think uh, also uh, the Phoenix Suns who are, you know, on the rise. I think Alan brought up those two teams to really think about the the dichotomy of uh, to on our on the initial you know basis of this episode really is you know all right why are they, you know how are they being you know pushed forward and you know pushed forward towards success and seeing you know the we often you know fail to realize the importance of you know. Uh, culture a positive culture a positive atmosphere and uh, uh i don't know if you've been over the knicks over these past six seven whatever years you know been such a you know negative culture and such mm-hmm. a negative mindset especially you know with their owner you know james dolan and now also you know a young team like the Suns who are on the rise because now they finally have those the right veterans you know and chris paul now being in Phoenix, you know, the right head coach and Monty Williams. And that was just, you know, a few examples I want to give with it and shouting them out just on, you know, hopefully, you know, continued success. Not too much success, you know, because, you know, I'm hoping my Lakers, you know, we about to, you know, repeat, you know, back to back. But just continued success to those teams to think about how they're finally having those people that are pushing them forward towards success whether it be through all right a better a better culture uh, now or just uh, the right or having the right people to really you know inspire and I think that's 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 one thing we fail to forget is that through our actions we're really inspiring each other whether it be in a negative manner or a positive light is how are you choosing to inspire the person next to you? And just wanted to shout out those teams, but I wanted to get your thought on, you know, how do you choose to inspire and, you know, uh, what do you think about just the concept of inspiration? Man, how I choose, how do I choose to inspire? To inspire. To inspire is to source. Um, to source means to channel to channel means to direct to direct I don't know man <laughs> because to, if we're direct if we're directing it, it it the source the source is the source just like the sun mm-hmm. but my inspiration it comes and i always use the the sun as uh as an analogy there's the sun it generates its own energy it's constantly burning uh spontaneous combustion combustion in space fire is existing in space that's amazing right so it's like there's a presence of oxygen there's a presence a mass presence right then there are nine subsidiaries Mm -hmm. but to which they're not necessarily 
sub as small because they are very large in regard to their positioning and their uh, their place in regard to the system. Mercury, Venus, well, Venus, Mercury, Earth. Just to name a few. Then we have Jupiter and Saturn. <laughs> right? I got you. I got you. But, like, the sun is the source of light for all of these planets going all the way to Pluto. Pluto is quiet. But the closest planet to the sun is very loud. Source is loud. You can hear it. It roars. Mm-hmm. Earth, it has its unique sound. And within Earth, all of us have our unique sounds. So the source of the light, the source of light that comes from the sun, then influences the moon, which influences the tide, right, on Earth. The sun also influences the rotation of all these other planets. That's what being an inspiration is. Understanding the mass and what we can do and what we can provide. I'm not even sure if the sun knows what it's doing for the other planets. It's just existing. So inspiration is to be us unapologetically on fire all the time. Because we never know the mass that we're moving. We never know the light that we shine. We never know who's depending upon us for their survival. We never truly know the impact we're really making. We never know. But that's inspiring. <laughs> because it's now it's a quest for knowledge. That's true. Because I think it's easy to get it's easy to get caught up in wanting to find out are we really making an impact? Right. And I think that's where we get caught up in in that aspect of all right all right now i know okay oh yeah i got you know i'm generating all this traction eh, but but i can't really really pinpoint where uh that inspiration source is and now you get caught up in uh overthinking you get caught up in getting lost in you know chasing the wrong things or chasing the wrong ideals in terms of all right now the way you're you're subjugating yourself to being in this one box because you are trying to pinpoint and locate where that inspiration or what that impact is Mm -hmm. so i definitely get that um and it's just it's it's crazy to think that we live in a world where we have where we are surrounded by so many different people that we can gain knowledge from and gain inspiration from but we're always looking to see are we making an impact are we oh we're always trying to find out right is this is this really connecting with this person is it is it really you know are they really able to digest it uh they're not digesting it all right let me let me bring it over here to someone who can understand and think more like me or uh, gets, you know, gets where I'm coming from. And, yeah, that that's okay, but it's also important to also understand that that other side, they're not necessarily trying to bring you down, but they're also 
just trying to bring another sense of another level of awareness to uh to not only your reality but to their reality as well because we're just i think you know i touched upon it on the last episode you know we're we only live within our own perspectives Mm -hmm. we only live within our own established truths and how we see the world and you can't get caught up in the glamorization of what could be and only can be honest with yourself in what is right because what it is what it is that's why i said yo we only have the now we only have the now like our future see how that how fast that came <laughs> like that you see what i'm saying like our past is fleeting our future is coming but right now is what it is and like for our appreciation for what it is man that's that's where i i think uh inspiration comes from it comes from like me really being me being able to be present in regard to me being able to enjoy the present moment and say this is what it is this is what i want to say like this is what comfort is comfort is this this is what love is love is this so i'm gonna demonstrate it in the highest capacity to which i could potentially do so i say to myself this is if this is what it is well i'm about to do it in this greatest way that i know for a fact that i can right now even when uh lexus here my fiance when she's here i'm like okay what is love like mm-hmm. well shit, let me ask her i have an idea but i want to know her so that way i could best serve her and show and demonstrate to her what it is at the greatest capacity or level so she feels that and she understands that i'm making the effort to really be there and love mm-hmm. be present right be present in what that love as she's explained it to you yes is for as long as i can mm-hmm. i want to extend the now that's what i'm trying to, i'm trying to extend it i want the now to be compound i want it to forever grow and be exponential i want to make an exponent of now to the end degree (laughs) (laughs) i got that compound interest of now yeah the compound interest of now wow interest of now man (laughs) you know because it's easy it's easy to it's easy to get caught up in what could have been or what can be but if you're able to really be present within each moment and be present with yourself and truly understand yourself, that's the only way you could truly grow and continue to truly spread the right ideals or the right uh, the, the the right truths, however you define it, right. onto the people that uh, you surround yourself with. And, uh, so to kind of wrap up this uh, this episode, I feel like it's been a great episode. What a way to kick back up! I appreciate you, man. Again, challenging me to you know push me forward and oh, yeah. challenging me to you know just be you know a better version of myself and you know 
finding you know that compound interest of now and living yes. in that compound interest of now and so before we wrap up you know what i wanted to do you know this segment i just came up with off the top of my head okay so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be called top four so okay. what i want you to do is give me your uh favorite album you're listening to right now favorite show you're watching currently it can either be youtube netflix or if you want to consider you know a book a show because you know in a way you're reading or, or watching it however you visualize things yeah um what do you currently have going on and what are you looking forward to so whenever you're ready you know hit us with that top four that top four okay my favorite album that i'm listening to right now um matter of fact let me open up spotify and see what exactly i'm listening to <laughs> right now because uh, like it switches you know it switches up no, i feel you for me uh, i'll go ahead i'll go ahead with mine's at yeah. the current moment mine's right now and it's it's been for it's been for months now but uh burner boys uh too tall album People love that album. that's my album man that's been my album for the last like four months especially closing out 2020 uh that's just been out that's just been the go-to till till cold drops of course whenever uh cold comes out with uh what what are we waiting on right now uh the off season then we yeah. got It's a Boy, which I think is going to be the... I'm just speculating. I think it might be a Kill Edward album because, mm -hmm. you know, he said he was going to give us a Kill Edward album. And, of course, what he's deeming his final album. Uh, then I don't want to, you know, put words into, you know, Cole's mouth, but uh, the fall off. So until those projects come and, of course, till you know, the big A-listers, you know, drop, drop the albums that are expected to come in 2021 that burner boy too tall even with you know because i'm like i said you know constantly down a rabbit hole especially with music and that uh with all you know because music you know has dropped weekly so but that's just been the one consistent album for me these last four or five months uh the show i'm currently watching uh your honor that's the show that is the show man i don't know if you're watching your honor your uh yeah with brian uh cranston walter white that's the show right now i've been binging uh what what else that's the precursor to breaking bad yeah no better call saul is the precursor to breaking bad okay okay yeah but uh your honor is a completely different show he's just uh the star in it okay yeah uh and what else uh what I am currently working on or getting ready to uh what I'm currently working on is just you know getting my mindset prepared uh in terms of getting ready for grad school you know mm -hmm. I start grad school at George Washington University as I get ready you know get my master's in sports management at G-Dub and just preparing you know to one you know compound now compound interest of now and just prepping myself for you know grad school and you know getting back into that environment you know because i think because i've been i was thinking about it recently like uh yo i gotta get back into like writing papers and doing yeah. like research papers and right. i ain't done that in like three years uh 
since graduating. So I'm like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. man, I gotta just reacclimate my brain and just getting back into that uh, that mindset. And then what I'm looking forward to, just not only just this year, but being uh, in totality this year and uh, going forward, uh, you know, hoping to take more trips in 2021. Of course, you know, yeah. hopefully, you know, COVID will allow it is, you know, they continue to figure out the vaccines or uh, just a solution to this whole uh, pandemic. But hopefully, you know, being uh, being able to travel more and honestly, just being an advocate for myself more. And I think that's the real big lesson I'm uh, heading with uh, going into uh, 2021 where and you, going where forward. Where are you going in regards huh? to the traveling? Where you want to go? Oh, uh, for my, cause I'm already thinking of my uh, 27th birthday trip, man. I want to go to uh, Montego Bay, you know, I'm trying to go to Jamaica, man. Okay. I'm trying to, you know, get out there, get some sun, and just be in a whole different environment. Because me, I, you know, I don't travel like that. I'm not Yeah. I'm not a big, like, traveler. Like, like I've gone on trips, like, I went, but it's mostly, like, you know, family trips and things yeah. like that. But as far as just traveling by myself, I'm definitely trying to do that more. Yeah, and yeah. you know trying to you know compound the interest in now so what better time than now to be able to you know explore the world around us and continue to learn from different cultures and different people so i go ahead you, you ready to hit us with your top four man yeah all right what's your top four so right now um uh, well it's a, i'm shuffling through music okay uh so like uh right now i'm listening to the uh elephant eyes uh, omen okay omen's elephant eyes i ain't listened to that one in a minute right that's a solid i might have to go back and listen to that today right and like it's just the way that he illustrates things and all we have to all we have is his voice and our imagination to what might be going on so i'm like yo like that's dope because uh because motion pictures motion pictures on that album right I believe so, yes. Motion picture and uh dang, what's the other one? Uh oh yeah, it's TDK, Turn Down King. And that's one of my favorite like <laughs> TDK. <laughs> the 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 second one that I'm like listening to, like that's real. Like it's when I'm motivated and I'm editing and mm-hmm. everything, Benny the Butcher, Burden of Proof. See, people been I I need to get into uh what you call it, uh What's the group? Oh, man. Griselda. Like, Griselda. I need to get, people been telling me I need to get in Griselda more, man. But this, this Burner Boy album just had me distracted. But I definitely want to get into uh, Griselda's catalog, especially, you know, West Side. Yeah. And Benny's uh, catalogs, for sure, man. Just Yeah, Conway the Machine. Oh, yeah. Let me not forget Conway, too. Uh, definitely just get with it in their catalog. And uh, who's there? I think they're also uh, on, I think they're in the works of, uh, can't I don't know the exact name of their female artists, but they're uh, propping her up, and I heard she's got mad skills. So I just want I'm gonna definitely get into that catalog too, cause I I just been, cause Griselda ran 2020 man. Yeah, Griselda that, ran 2020. The the way that they, the way that I listen to them, I look at like chefs in the kitchen, mm-hmm. like uh, got your head chef, sous chef, sous chef, and you know, uh, other hands. But like, everybody's a master chef to which they're just like, and it makes sense. It's a perfect meal and it's digestible. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But not to say like, oh, it's digestible because I get it. I understand. It's everything that I've been wanting. Imagine if you've been having, imagine having leftovers for like two, three days and then like somebody just come out of nowhere. Like, you know what? Like, do you, do you want this, uh, this, this salad I made? Try it out. It's a citrus salad. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, it's good for you. I made it myself. They give it to you and you love it. That's my experience with uh, Benny the Butcher's album, uh, Burning the Proof. Okay. Like, Timeless, produced by, man, look. <laughs> Yo, Timeless, and then with Lil Wayne on there and Big Sean, imagine it's the words like that. throwing, yes. It's like that, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna have to, I'm going to have to get in on that one. Legend. I got I to gotta listen to uh, Griselda. I got to get on them. Um, my favorite show, my favorite show. All right. So what I've been doing lately is, uh, I've been researching. So like now there's, um, this show called like cook with cannabis. Okay. Khaleesi's on there. So on Netflix. So I watched that cause I'm like, wow, like they're really using, uh, cannabis as an herb, but like they're including it into their meal. So now it's not a meal. It's an experience. I'm watching people chef up experiences. So lately I've just been entrenched in like experiences and how I can make the best experiences or how I can receive the best experiences. Um, what I got going on currently, a lot, man. I got my 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 one month so your old my one month old son. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats on that again, bro. Congrats yeah. on that again. Isaiah Rashad Fleming. People would think that it's named after the rapper Isaiah Rashad. Yeah. It does have some significance to it, cause like I rap and I write, so it's like, of course, like I'm gonna pay, I'm gonna pay my dues. But also, Isaiah is a prophet in the Bible, and um, you know, it's just he had a message, and I I love that message. Then there's Rashad. We both share the same middle name, but um. I mean, we rightfully got it. So, all of us, he and I, we're going to be in sync, man. You know, like, that's why I have currently going on. I'm also doing um, some video work. Video work, um, photo work, music, media. I'm just, like, entrenched in it, man, again. So, media, uh, I'm, I'm getting my feet. 2021? I'm getting my feet wet with all of it. You hey. know what I'm saying? Taking off. Saturday, I'm going up to New York and filming my homeboy, Rasheen. He got a dope project that he's working on. You know, I'm excited to, to be a part of that. And it's like, okay, we've, we finally, like, we starting a year off. Like, we starting a year off like this? That's what we doing? <laughs> okay. Bet. You know what I'm hey, saying? Yeah. That's why I'm like, yo, Mo, like, let's do it tomorrow, man. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do it. Because I know for a fact that we could go ahead and push it out, turn it, and then, you know, it's a good feeling. Exactly. It's like basketball. All right. Like basketball. Okay. My bad. I just got excited. <laughs> Bas- basketball is therapy for me, along with music. Mm-hmm. So, 
it, and here's why it's my therapy because I thought I was all right at basketball till I was around high school athletes who perform and beat people on a national level. Okay. I'm with them every day. Seeing this is all they take in, basketball, basketball. Of course, like Fortnite and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, they still kids. But they really love basketball. I didn't get it initially. I'm like, look, man, I'm trying to make this bread. Like, I'm thinking about how I can make more money for all of us. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, like, I got to figure out a solution to, like, I could, when I do this, I could put you on, I could put you on, I could put you on, I could put you on. All right, I got to do this the right way. I'm brainstorming like a, a complete strategy to winning the game of life. All right. So they're like, coach, let's go to the gym. Let's go to the gym. I'm like, all right. So I ain't going to lie. Some days I'm like, man, I ain't really trying to go because, like, I'm tired. But when I started going and playing with them, I realized how out of shape I was. And I said, nah, that ain't okay. So let me do something about it. And the fact that that re-lit that go-getter mentality yep. after being sedentary for so long and sitting down like at a desk. Yeah. When I started playing with them and got in the motions of it, I'm like, oh, yeah, matter of fact, y'all need to work out too. Y'all got to work out and drink some water and mm. do this. Yeah. But really, I'm saying this to, <laughs> to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got to do this. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, you know, you want to be a champion? This is what you got to do to be a champion. Exactly. But, like, they lit that. That spark in you. In me. Because that's what their passion was, right? All right. So, now here's how it's therapy. Now that I'm lit. Now I'm lit. I'm like, man, my shot is off. But my shot is off because I'm not thinking about my shot going in. I'm not taking the proper steps to make sure that my shot goes in. I'm just shooting. Nah, 2021, I got somebody to kick it to me. I'm catching in it, turning my feet toward the goal, shooting from the legs, keeping my eye on the front of the rim, following through. Uh, the focus on back to to the fundamentals and understanding not only just in the fundamentals of just within the game of basketball but with the the fundamentals of who you are as an individual and that's that that's that therapy because you finally can be grounded yeah you're grounded uh on the court but now you can take that energy and take that excitement whatever you do and those fundamentals that you were able to gain on the basketball court, all right, now you can take it to your music. Yes. You can take it to your writing. Yes. You can take it to your spoken word performances. Yes. How you cultivate the live events. Yes. So get what you're saying. Hey, it's all about the foundation. Yes. And, hey, the compound interest of now, man. The compound interest of now. That's a real one. So let the, let the people know, you know, before we wrap up, you know, where they can, uh, where they can find you at, uh, how they can get in touch with you, and, you know, connect with you, man. Okay, cool. So my name is Denzel Fleming. I can be found on Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I deleted my Twitter, but I'm on Clubhouse. If, hey, <laughs> Clubhouse is the new wave. Y'all don't know. Uh, a lot of people like to call it the chatty house because it does get a little chatty, but it is definitely the new wave. And honestly, 
that that's a that's a whole topic for another day. Man, bro, I've been using <laughs> bro, I've been using Clubhouse to network. Oh, that's that's because what that's what it is for, man. And if you're, but it's about I think the thing about Clubhouse that a lot of people fail to realize that are on Clubhouse yeah. is that it's easy to get caught up in the you know the follow for follow rooms. Yeah, but it's about creating those organic connections yes. instead of just oh you know being it like another social media where you're just oh it's all about you know followers numbers because yeah. exactly the numbers and the, but there's nothing about uh clubhouse that's like oh you're here to you know generate likes or whatever right. or yeah you could open up a room but yeah it might only be end up being either four people or it might end up being 60 to uh you know the most the typically the more popular rooms you know about like 2k people right. so it's a matter of one, you know, what what are you really, you know, trying to implore and what are you trying to gain right. from the platform? Right. But also what are you trying to give to the platform? Right. So I think that's the biggest thing that I think people feel to realize about Clubhouse and why it is so dope right. if you use it utilize it properly. Right. Is that it's more than just, you know, uh more than just a social media platform. Right. It's a real way to really truly engage and connect with people because with just having an audio based platform you're you're uh what am i trying to say you're really just uh feeling the energy yeah you know you're really trying to really take in people's auras mm -hmm. from uh what they're saying and you can either choose to be like we you know we talked about you know you can either choose to be reactionary or you could choose to you know take the time to process the information and really take it in and then give your opinion and uh and how you decide whether it to be you know your own truth or whatnot that's up to you that's up to you uh at the end of the day so right. i think that's the biggest thing especially as we continue to see how clubhouse continues to grow because it still is in its beta phase mm -hmm. and if they do decide i mean when or i mean if and when they do decide to open it to the public, which for me, I don't think they should do. I think it should still be an invite only platform. Yeah. But if they, but when they do open it up to the public, that's just gonna be interesting in terms of how people, you know, utilize it and uh, engage with it. Yeah. Like, I like all of those sentiments, man. Well, I love all those sentiments. You hit the nail on the head with it, you know what I'm saying? About the strength of the relationship. Yeah. You know, um, and also like that strength of relationship being an internal one as well and having that exude through and getting to the other, uh, to the receiver. Exactly. But hey, man, that's a wrap on, you know, this episode of the Mo Love Podcast, Honest Conversations with Mo. I appreciate my guest, Pixel Pushes, CEO. Denzel Fleming, my brother, uh, a man that, you know, he doesn't know it, but is an inspiration, and hopefully he knows it now, and I just appreciate him taking the time, and till next time, people.